0: Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. So, this morning, I'm going to speak to you about intimacy, and when Dad said to me, we're doing a series on intimacy, I thought, oh no. Um, But you're looking at the five values, you're looking at intimacy, and I believe last week Dad spoke on Exodus 33, is that right? So we didn't confer with one another, and I have decided also to speak on Exodus 33. So I think this is a great opportunity for us to directly compare my preaching versus Dad's (laughs) preaching. So at the end, we're going to have some slips, and you can fill out scorecards. That's a joke. But I'm I'm going to speak on, on how you can hear the voice of God and intimacy from Exodus 33. But before I go into it, I just want to remind you that the whole, the whole purpose of the Christian faith, the whole purpose of you being on earth is to be a lover of God. It's not, it's not to get anything else. It's not for you. It's for him. You're all, you were made for him. Your entire existence was, was thought through by him in order that it might bring praise back to him. So when you're not doing that, that's when you're going to notice, ah, oh, this doesn't feel quite right. And so for me, what I know is that when I'm worshiping him, when I'm giving him worth like I should be, I feel amazing. And whatever situation is going on around me, I can overcome it because my eyes are on him. And for some of you, maybe you're not in that place this morning. Maybe, maybe you're thinking about what's going on in your life right now. Maybe you're thinking about, oh, Sam, those stories were great from Turkey, but X and Y is happening in my life. Well, what I want to say to you this morning, if you remember one thing, you were created to worship him. So let's read from Exodus 33. We're going to read the whole passage, but I'm just going to start in verse 1 because it's the best place to start. And this says, in verse 30, uh, chapter 33, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Leave this place, you and the people you brought out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out all of those people." Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you, because you are stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you along the way. When the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn, and no one put on any ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, tell the Israelites, you are a stiff-necked people. If I were to go with you, even for a moment, I might destroy you. Now take off your ornaments, and I will decide what to do with you. So the Israelites stripped off their ornaments at Mount Horeb. And I'm just going to pause there for a moment. And this is, this is my first point, the first thing. If you want to be intimate with God and you want to hear his voice, the first thing you have to do is you have to learn to be a worshiper, as I've just said. And the Israelites, just like us, they were worshipers. Because, as I just said, we, were, we are created for him. Your life is actually not created for to be focused inwards. It's created to be focused outwards. So when, you, when you're living your life, you have to be focused outwards. You have to be. You have to be focused on giving everything you have onto something else. The problem is, because we're that's our orientation, that when we don't give everything we have to Jesus, we start giving it to other stuff. So if you read back, if you go back a chapter into 32, The Israelites, what are they doing? Moses has gone up. Their leadership is gone. There's no direction. They don't know what's going on. Does that remind you of Brexit? (laughs) And what the Israelites start to do is they begin to worship an idol. So what this shows us is that because human nature is to be worshippers, to be those that give worth to others, when, when, when we're in a situation where we don't know what's going on, we, ha- we still have to give worth to something. And it's in those moments where you notice where you're putting your security. And for the Israelites, they were putting their security in something tangible rather than the Lord their God. Even though they'd been through the Jordan, even though they'd come out of Egypt, even though they'd seen everything through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they started to put their, their worth in this golden calf. And I want to encourage you this morning, or I want to remind you rather this morning, that you do put your worth in things. You put it in your, in your relationships around you. The people that you make priority in your life, you're giving worth to them. Now, that's really good. As long as, as you do that, you honor Jesus, you call out Jesus in their life. If your relationships don't call out Jesus in one another, then it's idol worship. You're worshiping a person, not the king. And I know that's really challenging, but it's true. And the best relationship you can have with anyone, no matter who it is, a father, a mother, a spouse, um, friends, whatever level of relationship, co-workers, if you're not calling out Jesus in one another, you're going to begin to be focused on things which aren't him. And it goes further than just our relationships. It goes to our relationship with things. So let me tell you a slightly embarrassing story. Some of you may know that last year I bought a new car. And I bought... um, a BMW 1 Series, and I loved this car, right? I, me, me and Dad, if there's one thing you can pick up about us, it's that we really like cars. A lot of you in the room are switching off at this point. <laughs> Stay with me. We really like cars. Some people don't care about cars, but me and Dad were passionate about cars. So I thought, oh, I'll cheat myself, you know, I'm worth it. I'll buy this really nice car. And I had this car for a year. It was awesome. I loved it. But that, that was the problem, because you see, what began to happen was, this car began to, my identity, rather, began to be wrapped up in this car, because I was starting to give my worth to this car. Now, I've used the BMW badge. It could happen if you had a Skoda. I'm going to be real with you. Maybe you're thinking, no, it couldn't, but honestly, it could happen. <laughs> Maybe. They're not that good. Anyways... <laughs> what happened was my identity began to be wrapped up in the car and this might sound really pathetic but we all do this it might not be a car for you it might be your clothes it might be your job it might be your bank statement it might be anything else any number of other things your football team that you support whatever it is what we do is we begin to put identity in it so it's like i'm cool i'm valued i'm loved because i drive this car so i would if i was I mean, I never, you never actually think it directly, but you can spot it, right? If I was nervous walking into a room, I would have an extra swagger in my step because I'm like, I just got out of that car. <laughs> now, for some of you, as I say, that is ridiculous, but it's real. We do it all the time, don't we? Sometimes when you're nervous, if you go for a job interview, you put on your nicest clothes. I want to challenge that because what they are is a veil, and what you're doing, you're beginning to put your worth in something else. Do you understand what I'm saying? So as soon as I realized that, I'm like, oh, no, I have to get rid of this car. <laughs> so I've done that. I've sold the car. And what, what I would, I've only done it this week. But what I would say is I feel so much freer. I feel so much more secure. I'm not thinking about, you know, what car I arrived in or what clothes I'm wearing or anything else. And I want to challenge you this morning. What You've got worth, okay? You know you've got worth. You're the children of, a, of the king. But you need to do something with that worth because that's how you were made. You can't not. You can't switch that off. So where are you putting your worth? Where, where is your identity placed? And if it's placed in anything other than him, it's idol worship. And that's what I want to challenge you with this morning. And the thing is, right, when we, when we worship idols, we're distracted from him. That's why they're an issue. Because the reality is they don't actually have any power. The power that they have over you is that they distract you from him. They can't do anything without you giving them that power. And that power is that which should be focused up to Him. So this morning, if you want to be more intimate with your Heavenly Father, which I'm sure you do, and if you want to hear His voice, the first place to start is, okay, what am I giving my worth to? What am I praising in my life? It's not just, you know, Lisa helpfully said, if if it doesn't cost you anything, it's not worship. And that's true when we sing, but it's true every other day of the week. What are, you, what are you actually spending your money on? What are you spending your worth on? And it should all be him. You can relate all of this stuff back to him. You, you can drive a car and love Jesus. But you have to have a healthy relationship with that car. Does that make sense? Cool. So let's, let's carry on. That's the first place. And that's, that's why in, in the first few verses, the Lord is saying to them, you, you disgust me actually. I don't want to be around you because I created you to give me worth, and you've stopped doing that. And as a people, what we need to notice is that when we don't give him worth, when we don't praise him, when we don't give him our everything, guess what? He'll remove himself from that part of our lives. So the, the only reason I could even afford a car like that was because of incredible provision, right? But when I bought that car, that provision stopped. And I'm not saying that that's because he stopped loving me. But the blessing that was on my life because I was dependent on him before left when I decided not to be dependent on him anymore. Does that make sense? So what he's saying to the Israelites is, you know, you've worshipped another God. Let me decide if I want to spend time with you. So if you want to be intimate with him, you have to give him worth. You have to praise him. Amen? Cool. Let's carry on. Let's carry on reading in verse 7. So it says this, and it's talking about the tent of meeting. It says, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to his tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young assistant, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. This is the second point that I want to make to you this morning. Not only do you need to give God all of your worth if you want to be intimate and hear his voice, the second thing you need to do is give him all of your time. And that's something that in the 21st century we are really bad at. You know, for the Israelites, you might be thinking, oh, it's easy for them because they're in a desert. They're all unemployed. (laughs) They don't have much else to do. Their entire culture is wrapped around Yahweh. So, you know, it's harder for me. I have to go to work. But it's the same God today as he was back then, and he's worth the same, th- the same amount. So for us, despite what's going on around us, we have to give God all of our time. All of our time. And what I want to talk to you about is that it's not just time, but it's actually quality time. Because there's an element of intimacy that in our culture we kind of miss and we, we kind of go past it, I think, and it's actually about spending quality time with one another. And I think that that's something, I don't know whether that's just my generation, but we, we often mistake familiarity for intimacy. So if you look at celebrity culture, right, right, let's take David Beckham. I know a whole lot about David Beckham. I can tell you where he was born. I can tell you every single job he's ever had in his entire life. I can tell you who he's married to. I can tell you the names of all of his children. I can tell you um, how many tattoos he has. I can tell you, what else can I tell you? (laughs) It's not that exciting. I can tell you a lot about David Beckham, right? That's called familiarity. I'm really familiar with the concept of David Beckham. I have absolutely no intimacy with him whatsoever. I've never met him in my life, right? And the problem is we are the same way with God. We read this book, and I can tell you a whole lot of things about God, and you could go out there and ask anyone on the street, tell me about Jesus. There's familiarity, but there's no intimacy. And here's, here's the real issue. This is where the rubber really hits the road. For Christians who've walked with him and have gone into the tent of meeting and met with him and seen his presence, familiarity is the only tool that the devil has left. Familiarity is the only thing he can do to stop you from going further. Does that make sense? So when, when you're stuck in a rut, when, when you think you know everything about Jesus, when you think, you know, I've made it now, that's exactly where the devil wants you. so what does Moses do? Moses removes himself because he's amongst the people of God. He's amongst, God said, I will make my presence with you. He promised that to Abraham generations before. So so Moses is in the right place, right? You're in the right place right now. You're in church. You're amongst the people of God. But guess what? There's something else. There's something extra required. He said, come, go to the edge and go to the tent of meeting. And that's not just making time in the morning or in the evening to pray, but it's actually having, spending quality time with your father. Because it says that Moses spoke face to face with his God, like a friend. How many of you like Jesus? We all love what Jesus can do for us, but how many of you like Jesus? You know, I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, actually, one day I'm going to marry this guy. Did you know that? The Bible says that at the end of time, you're going to marry Jesus. How awkward will it be if you don't know him very well? We, we've got to be a people who actually like spending time with Jesus. And, and the thing is, the first piece is, it's got to cost you something. But once you've, once you've laid down something of yourself, you get to enter this place where you actually like spending time with him. That's when you begin to hear his voice in a different way. Because it says of Moses, and it says of a few other people in the Bible, that they were friends of God. And what I want to say to you this morning is that he's inviting you to be a friend. He's inviting you to actually enter into a place which is even more removed than just the people of God. The, you know, the Salvation Army, like, and I don't mean that in the sense of like <laughs> the church, but as in we're saved and we're all together, You know, the people of God. But he's actually saying, I want to call you further. I want to have a one-on-one with you. Are you making time for that in your life? Because I know that I struggle with that. And even in my quiet time, even in my tent of meeting, I still struggle with that thing, familiarity. You know, I sit down to pray, and there's no reverence anymore. Because this is the king of kings I'm talking about. This is the God who literally breathed you into life and could snap your life away at any moment. This is not your mate. This is not me meeting with Lee, right, for coffee. This is me meeting with the king of kings. How many times do we take that for granted as a people? Let's be honest. So, so he wants quality time with you, but it's got to be his quality, not what you consider quality. You know, my lecturer said to me one time, he said, if the only time you spend with Jesus is in the shower with worship music on, then you have no quality of relationship with him. And he said, if that was, I'm not married, but he said, if that was your wife, Right? If that was your wife, what kind of relationship would you have? If you just made time where you could chat while you're in the shower and then you went around the rest of the day not doing anything else with them. That would be a terrible relationship. But how many of us make five minutes for Jesus or ten minutes for Jesus or one hour for Jesus and then walk out of that place and leave it? And what I want to highlight to you in, in these verses is that the one person, the one man who took the Israelites from the place where they were into the promised land, is the one who, of whom it says, but Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Amen. So our calling, if you want to be intimate with him, is to never, ever leave the tent Of meeting, It's not that you go to that place for 20 minutes a day or an hour a day or three hours a day. It's that you stay there forever. Your job is to carry it with you. In the New Testament, it says that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. This tent of meeting turned into the tabernacle, which turned into the temple. So what what that's saying to you, right, is that just like Joshua, we're meant to be a people that takes the very presence of God, talking face to face with him everywhere we go. But that takes time. That takes time. So if you are not making time for him in your life, you won't be intimate with him. And you won't hear his voice. Let's carry on. Verses um, 12 onwards, it's it's talking about Moses and the glory of God, right? And I want to, before I go into this, I just want to remind you of one thing. Moses is a friend of God. So so the other people are children of God. Moses is actually described differently as a friend of God. It says that he spoke to him face to face as with a friend. And this is my third point to you, right? You, You have a different level of access now. So let's read these verses from verse 12. It says, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people. But you have not let me know with whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you were pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face. For no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. So the third point that I want to make to you is that because you're a friend of God, because you worship Him and you make time for Him, Your relationship with God is entirely up to you. And that's something I think Christians need the reality check on. Because I spent so much of my life thinking that my relationship with God was up to him. It's like when we started talking about Turkey, that girl who we spoke about, she was in a place where she thought, God doesn't want to use me. And that's the way that we think. We think it's about him. Actually, the onus is all on her. The moment she prays for someone, he breaks through. And this is what I want to say to you this morning, church, is that because Jesus died, it said that when he died, the veil was torn in two. The veil was torn in two. In other words, the barrier, the thing that stopped you from being allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies, that's gone now, church. It's completely gone. The only thing, therefore, that's stopping you from walking into that place is you. And the only thing that's stopping me from walking into that place is me. There's, there's no part to God, right? It says that the wrath of God was satisfied. There's no part to him which has to sort through the stuff. There's no part to him that says, you can come to me when you sort this out. He said, come to me. I've torn the veil. He did it himself. He didn't even send someone to go do it. He did it himself. He tore it from heaven down to earth to say, I want you to come to me. This is the word of the Lord. That Mo- Moses is the one who got it, right? He got it first. He said, God, I'm not going anywhere if you're not there. And how, he walked up the mountain like far, like two times. He went up once. That's crazy for some of us. But he went up again because he wanted to be with God. And if you want to be with God, there's nothing stopping you. But let's be real about it. Sometimes we just don't want to be with God. That's what's stopping us. That's what's stopping the move of God in our lives. It's how much we actually want to be with him. And Moses, Moses got that, he understood that, and he, he got it to the point where he actually says to God, I'm not doing anything if you're not on it. He says, I I refuse to go anywhere or do anything if your presence doesn't go with us. He said, I've heard your word. I've listened to your voice. I know you, but because I know you, I want you to come with me. How many Christians do you know that live like that? I don't know many. I'm definitely not one. But imagine what it would look like if we as a people began to be people who said, okay, I'm going to give you my worship. I'm going to give you my time. And I'm, I'm going to stay in your presence. I'm not going to settle for anything else. I'm not going to do anything else but be with you. That's what we're called to be as a people. But here's the reality and here's what I think maybe for this church is, is the particular challenge, right? Is that we as a people and I as a person, I want what I know he can give me. I don't actually want him. That's the reality. Moses wasn't like that, but I'm like that is that I, I don't actually want him to come. and I don't actually want to spend time with him. I want what he can give me. So let me tell you another story. When I was at um, this school, in fact, I had a bit of a hard time with bullying. And I it, what it did was it destroyed my soul to the point where I, I was so insecure I didn't want to come, come into school. And you can ask my parents, I would kick up a proper fuss about going into school. And I really didn't like it. Because... I was, I was insecure and I was worried, right? And I had grown up in a Christian home. I've been coming to church since before I was born, so, yep. <laughs> so I knew what God could do. I knew the stories of God. I knew that he was a deliverer, that he could overcome and that he could wipe the floor with my enemies. And just like the Israelites, I knew that when the Egyptians were coming for me, he could wipe them away with the Red Sea. And that's what I wanted from God in that situation when I was being bullied. I wanted him to come and do it my way. But guess what? He didn't. And I remember... I remember very, very clearly praying and being like, please, just would you embarrass these people as much as you've, they've embarrassed me? Please, would you come and just you know, hurt them as much as they've hurt me? Please, would you come and do that, God? And how many times in our lives do we actually pray prayers like that? How many times in our lives do we actually want his power but not his person? And that's what I wanted. But what I found was that when I actually invited him to come on his terms, everything was so much better. Is this falling off? Is that better? Did you hear any of what I just said? Couldn't tell. You guys look like you're falling asleep. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened was I, I began to say, Jesus, look, I'm so broken. I just want you. I don't care about anything else. I don't care what you come and do to my perceived enemies. I just want you. And what I want to say to you, church, is if you want to be intimate with him, you need to be prepared for it to be on his terms. It can't be on your terms. And the move of God that is coming is not going to look like the move of God that you've already seen in your life. And what we need to do is lay down our agendas and lay down what we like. It's like the worship thing is a great example actually, really, like, does it matter what songs we sing? Not at all. Does it matter whether we're in tune? Not at all. Does it matter whether you enjoyed it? Not at all. It's all about him. It's all for him. And that's true in every area of your life. So right now, would you just close your eyes? I want you to think of the the hardest thing that you're facing in your life right now. I want you to think of the biggest thing that's scaring you the most. And I want you to just say to God, look, I'm not facing this if you don't come with me. I want, I'm not going to go anywhere near this unless you come with me. But I'm going to go on your terms, not on mine. Because guess what? God says, yep, my presence will go with you, of course. But you can't actually see my face. And what I want to say to you this morning is don't get over familiar with God to where you think you can direct. We're not the directors, He's the director. He knows where we're going. And so right now, for every person in this room who's just looking at these issues, Father God, I just pray that you would wipe these things away. But would you do it your way? And we release your Holy Spirit in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So just before I I finish, there's there's just one more piece that I want to bring to you. There's one more thing that I want to say. And it's that when you hear his voice, it's your actual responsibility to give that away. So for Moses, they gave him the stone tablets, or Father gave him the stone tablets, and his job was to take that back to the people. And what I want to say to you this morning is that some of you are in this room and you're hearing the voice of God. God's beginning to speak to you. Some of you are getting more intimate with him. You're learning more about his nature. Now is the time for you to give that away. Don't hold that onto yourself because there's actually a limit to your growth if you hold it onto yourself. In the same way that we're, because we're pointed outwards in our nature, we have to praise him. We also have to give stuff away. So what I would encourage you is that you need to be a people who give the blessings that you've received away. And the, th- the funny thing about the kingdom is that you will receive in the exact measure that you give So in the same way that if you give God everything, you will receive his everything. If you give his people everything, you will receive his everything, a double portion. So I want to encourage you this morning is that there's some of you in this room who are actually feeling like your faith has been kept in the dark. You're feeling like you've kind of been penned in by four walls, and you want to break out of that. And if that's you, if you're like, yeah, I've been feeling that, but I didn't really have the words for it. I'd love for you to come and find me at the end, and I would love to pray for you. But what I want to do as the band just come back up to sing over us, I want to lead us in a time of response. And what I want to do is I want for us to repent because I believe that we're a people more like the Israelites than Moses and that we, we don't make that time and that space and we don't give all of our worth up to him. And if you're, if you're anything like me, then that's true. So what I want to do is I want to make a space for us to be able to come and to repent because what that is, is that's true worship. Repentance is true worship. It's it's giving, laying everything down and turning away, but not taking any of it back with you. So if you want to join me in repentance, I'd love, actually, if everyone could just stand. And what we're going to do is, I'm going to pray a prayer, but then... If, you wanna, if, you, if this word particularly touched you, if you're feeling particularly moved in your spirit, I'd love for you to just come to the front. And no one's going to come around and pray. We're not, we're not going to release the prayer team. So if, this is, if you're on the prayer team and you are feeling this, then feel free to come and respond. But we're just going to worship for a little while. And it's just going to be one-on-one, us and Jesus, and the microphone apparently. And what we're going to do is the the band are going to play and we're just going to sing. If you just want to stay in your seat and sing, that's great. But if not, if everyone wants to come forward, then we'll make space. But we just want to be abandoned in praise to him. Is that okay with everyone? This is the last thing I want to say. While you're stood up, just think about the floor for a moment. And while you're just thinking about the floor, maybe just test it. Just like feel the floor. Can you do that for me? You might be like, he's gone mad now. Just feel the floor, okay? My God made that floor. Right. My God made the very floor that you are standing on. The only reason that you're not falling is because my God made that floor. And so for anyone in this room who's struggling with fear, anyone in this room who's struggling, thinking, you know, actually, I can't give all of myself. I can't give it to you. Well, the very fact that you're you're standing here is because of his goodness. And every time you take a step, you're taking a step on his goodness. It's actually physical goodness. It's his promise to you. Yeah. This floor means he's not going to let you fall. So I just want to encourage you, if you're thinking, you know, I've never felt the goodness of God. Yes, you have. Every time you take a step, you're feeling his goodness. He made this world for you. So right now, just as, as um, I just release that word in this room, I just, I'm going to lead us in a prayer of repentance. So if you want to close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we're just so sorry for when, when we don't make you priority we're so sorry for the fact that we give worth to things that aren't aren't you that we give worth to things that aren't even close to being good and we're so we just pray father that you would forgive us and um, father i just pray that um You would forgive us for not giving you enough time. I I pray, Father, that you would forgive us that we don't actually want to spend time with you, Father God. That even though you made us and you wove us together in our womb, I just pray that you would forgive me that I don't want to spend time with you. That I'm preoccupied by whatever else is going on in my life. And I just pray, Father, please, would you take that away from me? and I just pray for everyone in this room right now that they would, for those that don't know that you would release your Holy Spirit upon them to know that they are friends of yours that not only do you love them and you made them but you actually like them and you want to spend time with them and I just pray right now that just as we've repented that you you would lead us into your presence and we would enjoy time with you and we just pray that in Jesus' name, amen. So the band are gonna play and if you just wanna come to the front and worship I would encourage you to do so bless you guys.